now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Christopher Allen, author, ordained minister with the Fellowship of the Phoenix, an LGBTQ pagan church. He teaches classes on ancestor honoring, energy healing, dead midwifery, and psychic skills development. He also works with the Lakota Spiritual Path and has permission to hold the Sacred Pipe Ceremonies. Christopher, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let's kind of start from the beginning. What led you down this path of spirituality? <laughs> um, so when I was a kid, um, my yeah, mother's aunt uh, used to come and visit and she used to live with her and her and her cousins would play with the Ouija boards and things like that. And it was, and they were very into like, um, I guess like at the time they didn't call it psychic ability. They were just like, Oh, we're talking to ghosts. And so um, her aunt used to tell us uh, bedtime stories and she'd say, you know, things like, so there was this one time we summoned a ghost. His name was John. And John died by hanging himself in the attic. And I was so fascinated by this. I thought that was the coolest thing. And like lots of stories of like, you know, and my family didn't call it a witchcraft per se. They called it more of a, you know, Jesus gave us like prophetic dreams and Jesus would tell us things and things like that. And so growing up, I was very open to, to spirituality, the spirits, you know, ghost things like that, because we talked about it all the time. And so I just was open to it. I believe it existed and I would have experiences all the time. And then um, when I was, like 16, 17 years old, I really started to study, you know, psychic abilities and ghosts and what that means. Because before it was always like something that just happened. And then I got into it and I got professional training when I was uh, 25 years old. Yeah, 25 years old. And I went from there. And I'm also part Cherokee in Chicago. And there isn't as far as I know, a big Cherokee um, population. So I took some Reiki classes uh, from an um, Apache teacher, an elder, uh, Billy Topatate. And so I said, hey, um, can you teach me some Native American spirituality? And And she's like, I'm trained in Apache and Lakota, so I can teach you that. So from there... I learned, I, like I studied with her for years and years and years, and I became, I got permission to do the uh, Lakota pipe ceremony. It's called the Chinupa. And we do sweat lodges, vision quests, all that. So, you know, my spirituality ranges from a very Native American earth, earthy to working with the with the dead and ghosts and things like that. Have you had any spiritual awakenings in your life or some type of spiritual event that could have 
been a catalyst to make you have even more abilities? It's kind of hard to say because it wasn't like I paid attention to just, you know, myself and all of a sudden, oh, this happened. I had a car accident or I got sick or, oh, I have this epiphany because it was always in my family and we always talked about it. But, you know, my family, just like I said, they're very religious. Everything was Jesus. So we talked about angels and we talked about dreams and, and ghosts. And so it was always kind of there. You know, um, and I will say, you know, some of the uh, ceremonies and initiations, like, for example, a vision quest, you, you know, you fast for several days and you pray and you have your you have your sacred pipe and you don't sleep. And so your sleep provide deprived. You can't drink anything. You can't eat anything. And so you go into a deep trance and then you have like a vision or you have like you work with the spirits and things like that. So, I mean, I would say things like that, but I never had this epiphany, you know, like I read all the time, there's a two types of like shamanic practitioners, the ones that were born with it and the one who, who had a sickness or or near death experience and knock on wood i've never had a near death experience although i i do live in chicago mm-hmm. so i got on i've been almost hit by a car like four times in my life it's close but other than that no in my preparation for today's podcast i came across this word psychopomp what mm-hmm. does that mean so psychopomp is is actually a greek word it literally means a guide of souls and the idea if you feel like greek mythology you know there's the fairy man who when someone dies they roll them across the river Styx and takes them to hades and it's considered a, a very loving um gentle healing thing to do it's kind of like taking someone to the afterlife life even in christian um mythology and philosophy a lot of people believe that when you die an angel takes you to heaven or jesus takes you to heaven or whatever in in my tradition we believe that the ancestors come however um you know when you die you're not like all Zen and all going and have the secrets uh, to the um, uh, universe, you are who you are. And so you still have a free will um, as a human being. So you don't have to go to the afterlife. You can stay here on the earth plane. And because a lot of people do when they die for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's trauma. Sometimes they're like, oh, I'm not ready to go. And the ancestors and the spirit guides and things like that, they don't force you to go. So a psycho um, pump is, can it can be a spiritual being such as an angel, an ancestor, a deity, or it can be a living human being who helps the dead cross over. I mean, you, you've seen those 
uh, those are ghost hunter shows all the time. It's like, oh, I'm going to help the dead cross over. That's kind of true. I think they sensationalize it for television, but it's in practice, it's kind of the same thing. So in the, in essence, a psychopomp is either a spirit, a god, a deity, an angel, or a living human um, who helps the dead cross over to the afterlife and whatever afterlife that means for them. Why do you think a person would not want to cross over and stay around here? I've actually worked with a lot of spirits who didn't cross over, and there's many, many reasons. But some of them more common is like unfinished business and unfinished business can literally be anything anything from oh i um i want to see my children grow up or um or yes i'm just i'm trying to think through my experience and another reason and again i write this in my book um, there was an older gentleman who who died, and he left his business, his his actual store, to his sons. But his sons were uh, like twenties and young, and he felt like he needed to stay around to help them run the business. Other times, um, it's a justice. Like if you got killed on the street. You know, it would upset you. You'd be very angry about it. And some spirits don't want to cross over until their killer comes to justice. Um, I've had to deal with that a few times. I mean, I live in Chicago, and Chicago has crime. Chicago has shootings. And so, um, you know, I've dealt with that several times. Um, drug addiction is, a, is another. A lot of people, when they overdose... A, sometimes they don't even know they're dead. Other times, they're still trying to chase a high. And and sometimes the high is, you know, once you're a spirit, it becomes, you're not chasing heroin. You're not chasing the, that. You're chasing an energy. Um, let's see. Other times, um, some, some people just don't want to go like say you died in a car accident and then age 25 like i'm too young to die i don't want to go and if you think about it i can understand how some uh, people who die are in shock like i can't be dead i can't be dead that's go. i'm not going anywhere i'm going home and so that's another reason um but to be honest you don't have to go you know no one forces you to go the only time i've ever had a force a spirit to like um cross over is when they were hostile and harming people and that's and and to be honest that's rare 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 i get people all the time chris i think my house is haunted can he can i come over it's not haunted. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, I heard I heard a bump or I heard the wind blow or I heard a something and they think their house is haunted and it isn't. So it's, it's, it's extremely rare. I have to uh, force a spirit to cross over. 
So are the spirits that don't cross over considered ghosts? I mean, that's just a terminology. So, yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, I don't really call them that because I want to res- res- respect them for, for their humanity. Um, and, you know, all my friends a joke that, you know, my house is one of the most haunted houses in Chicago. And that's because I see, you know, I see the spirits as people. They just happen to not have a body. And the rule in my house is all the spirits are are, um, welcome here. However, just don't startle me. Don't chase the cat. Don't do anything weird. Don't jump out and try to spook me. And we're all good. You know, because, you know, I'm not scared of ghosts or anything. However, I don't like to be startled and either. It's very disconcerting when you're taking a shower and there's someone staring at you. It's very odd. And so mm. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> um, um, but I think it's just terminology about ghosts and spirits and things like that. So do you physically see them? And how do you communicate with them? I mean, just by talking? I just talk to them. So, um, because I, I, as a child, I was a, very open to spirits and things. I could always feel them. And in my psychic classes, I teach that anyone can learn to see spirits. Um, the first thing is you have to be open to the experience. You have to be open. And um, uh, one of the ways to see them is to honor your own ancestors, like have an ancestral shrine or sacred space in your home and and you talk to your ancestors. And and, um, my tradition, we leave offerings like a food and and things like that. And you open up your heart chakra and you just become aware. And you start to feel the presence. And it's easier with your own ancestors because it's your family, you know? And then after a while, I tell my students, close your eyes and try to see what you think they look like in your head. And you could be wrong and you could be just making it up, but that's okay because you're teaching your, your brain how to see it. Right, so you sense the energy, you sense the presence, you close your eyes, you're like, what do I think this looks like? And then you try to see if you can hear them, if you can. And how do you do that as you, what do you think they're saying? By opening up your heart to them, opening up your senses, what do you think they're saying by the energy you're getting? Then over time, it, it builds up, and then, when you sense the the energy outside yourself, what do you think that looks like? So you kind of visualize what they look like. And at first, it's a little bit fuzzy, and but over time, it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. So, so seeing the spirits isn't hard. Um, for myself, it's not like on the sixth sense where, oh my God, I see them all the time and they're always keeping me up. It's not like that at all. It's kind of like, you know, when you're having a conversation or 
you're watching a TV show and you kind of start to daydream. You don't pay attention to the um, whoever's talking, same thing. So I don't have to see them all the time. I sense them all the time, um, but I don't have to see them. And and you can say that about about anything because, you know, how many times have you drove down a road or went for a walk and you see a sign or a house and you thought has that house always been there I've never seen it before just because you're not paying attention and so if you use that same philosophy you don't have to see them all the time but you can if you you choose I just make the choice that I'm going to pay attention to whatever I'm doing at that time do you think that there is a hell and if so can people get out of it that's interesting uh, because in my very uh, first um, book called Underworld Shamanism, Myth and Magic, I talk about that. I So the Buddhists believe, and I agree, that the afterlife is just energy. That's all it is. And whatever you, you create, can you visualize, well, that's the afterlife for you. That's why the Greeks have Hades and the Christians have heaven and, you know, and so on and so on. However, I think that there are some people who are kind of traumatized with the idea of hell. And I think that there are some people, because of whatever reason, think that they deserve hell. You know, I a long time ago, I had a few gay um, gay people who sadly were just like, well, I'm gay, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. And you cannot convince them otherwise. And that's trauma right there. And so, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they evolved out of that. But I can see some people who, who, who at the point of death, they, they think they're going to hell. However, uh when you do a meditation and you visualize or you do a shamanic journey and you, you, you can actually go, uh, you can actually go to these places. It doesn't hurt. There's no hellfire. There's no things like that. A lot of spiritualists call that the shadow lands or the shadow world. And you, you can get people out of it. However, it's interesting because, um, you know, one of the practices I do, do as a cycle pump is I help people out of the shadow places. And I've noticed, like, you know, those people who, and when we've all been there sometimes, when you go, through, you go through a depression and all the happiness is all around you, there's a party. There can be a, be a parade, but because you're in a, a dark place, that's all you see. As a psychopomp, my job is to say, "Hey, listen, get you out of this place." Because if you're in, if you die, die and you're in a very dark place, you, you're going to create a, a version of hell for yourself. However, it's an illusion. It's just energy. You can change it. You can get out of it. But sometimes someone may need some help. You know, um, there's a lot of different uh, 
philosophies about how that happens, about why it happens, and and a blah blah blah. But uh, to go back, I don't in my experience get the spirits so and there's no eternal damnation hellfire god sent you to a place of punishment um i think we literally create our own hell you know since you're part cherokee and you've studied the lakota style of spirituality i guess you would say do you consider yourself a shaman so it's interesting because when shaman is a a buzz word it sounds sexy it sounds magical it sounds important you know a lot of people especially guys i've seen a lot of guys do this like i'm a shaman like okay um so shaman's a title and um i i asked you know my teacher billy billy topatate i asked her is it correct to call what we do shamanism and she and she was like well that's semantics because shaman's a title it's like a rabbi unless you're jewish specially trained in the jewish tradition and ordained as a rabbi you cannot call yourself a rabbi same thing however i do understand there's common language like if i say guided visualization oh can you understand what that means do you know um Lakota spirituality, I don't. Do you know shamanism? Oh, I've heard of that. So there is a connection there. However, um, I ask my, um, my teachers if it's appropriate to, to say shaman. And they said, if other people call you a shaman, that's okay because that's all they have experience with. Um, but in, the, in Lakota, we say, I'm at Lakota's spiritual leader or spiritual practitioner or like they're very specific like i have permission to do the sweat lodge but i don't have permission to do a sun sun dance um so so i don't so i usually just say things like i'm a lakota um sacred pipe leader i don't say a spiritual leader per se because i think it's all a whole different thing so it is about language and it's also about respecting the tradition so i think it's okay when someone goes oh i'm reading about shamanism i'm practicing shamanic techniques i think that's okay but to say i am a shaman you know that's a specific thing that's a uh, that belongs to a certain type of people you mentioned sacred pipe ceremony. What uh-huh. is that? What is that? So you see on TV the peace pipe, right? <laughs> it's kind of like that, but it's a little bit more um, detailed. So there is um, so basically the pipe itself has has a different a spiritual meaning. So the um, bowl, it represents the feminine side of creation and is also represents Camp Mother Earth herself. And the um, stem, it represents the, uh, the plant world, the trees, and also Father Sky, as if it represents the, yeah, the, uh, the yeah, masculine side of the um, universe. When you 
when you put the two together, the bowl and the pipe's stem, it represents um, a birth, creation, manifestation. And, and when you put the tobacco in, and in a many Native American um, spiritual traditions, um, tobacco is used as an offering. And, and you put the pipe in, or you put the tobacco in the pipe, light it, and you pray. And you usually pray for things like um, healing, whatever you need. So if if you have a friend who needs a job, you pray for your friend to have a job. If you um, can go someone who's sick, you pray f- for them to heal and so forth. And the smoke is an offering to the spirits who do the healing, who who bring the job, who do things like that. So in, in their sacred songs, there's tons and tons and tons of songs to sing and um and things like that and every and everyone gets a chance to pray and smoke the pipe and you don't smoke it for yourself you don't inhale you you take the um, smoke in your um, mouth and the idea is that it blends in with your energy and when you blow it out you're not only blowing out the uh, tobacco smoke you're blowing out an offering of yourself to the spirits. So can, can, can it's a little, a little bit more complicated than that, but in a, a five minute spiel, <laughs> that's a pipe ceremony. So do you think anybody can develop psychic skills or you have to naturally be psychic? I think everyone has some psychic skills. Um, I don't believe in talent per se. I believe in hard work and practice and discipline. Um, the, the, I think the reason I was able to advance so so quickly is because I was open to it. You know, I think some people are open and some people aren't. You know, it's kind of like um, there's some people who say, I can't do science. I hate science. If they apply themselves, and it may not be fun, it may not be sexy and entertaining, um, but if they apply them, themselves, then they can do chemistry and biology. They may not be a chemist, but they can uh, do at least the at least the the um, basics. Same thing with psychic skills. If you're open to it and can you, can you practice, you can develop psychic skills. You know, one of the things I hear. Um, authors say and teachers say all the time you know that gut feeling like mm, I shouldn't I shouldn't do that that's your psychic ability so, so everyone has it also the spidey sense you know how you get the spidey sense sometimes you're just like mm, I feel like something's off like something's off today that's a psychic ability so you just have to you have to practice you have to train yourself you have to um you know, one of the things of for myself is I have a reason to practice. I'm an energy healer. I do sacred ceremonies. I I help the dead cross over. I do things like that. So it's important that I advance in my psychic abilities. I think if someone really wants to become psychic, 
I think they have to have a goal. They have to have a reason. Like, I don't think if you want to be psychic just for fun, I mean, I guess you can, but if you have a goal, like I want to help people, I want to heal people. I want to help the dead cross over. Then you have a tangible goal that you can work for. And I think it's important. Do you think energy healing can go back in time and help a loved one transition into death? 100%. 100%. So an energy healing, energy itself can, has no concept of time and space. So you can send, send energy to the future or energy to the past. So, you know, I write in my book about how from, from, from that all of from that all of us has the privilege to be with someone at the point of death. Accidents happen, heart attacks happen, disease happens. I've known people who um, was at someone's bedside for hours and hours and and hours they got up to go to the the restroom they came um, back and they were gone and a lot of people have this guilt like oh i shouldn't have gone to the bathroom i shouldn't have had food that they i should have been with them or you can you can send the energy back in time at the point of transition and, and ease the transition. And why is that important? So a, a lot of people are scared. Some aren't, but some people are. A lot of people, you know, it's the great adventure. It's a great, ad, it's a great unknown. You know, a lot of people say, oh, when you die, you go to heaven. Some people are like, well, for, for whatever isn't true, what's going to happen to me? And so it helps with those fears. It, it also it also helps for to have a presence of energy of just someone else being there with you. And even if you're not in the same room with them, they can feel it. You know, like, um, I'm not sure about you, but sometimes I get the feeling that my family's um, thinking about me. Like, oh. I'm thinking about my brother. He must be thinking about me right now. Or or, or my personal favorite, I should call home. I think my mom wants me to call home. I feel like I should, you know, so they can feel it. And so that's why it's also important. So yeah, it can go, go back in time. And I think that's important for your own healing sometimes, especially if you had a partner, a wife, a a grandparent, a child who died alone. A lot of people have that guilt. And so um, I think with all energy healing, whenever you're helping someone else, you're also healing yourself. Earlier, you mentioned that people tell you, hey, Chris, I think my house is haunted. Is yeah. that common that houses are haunted or or yeah. what's going on? With that? <laughs> no. Um, so here's the thing. Like I said, spirits can either transition to the afterlife or hang around. And sometimes it doesn't have to be a trauma. Sometimes you're like, I'm going to hang around. Um, and I think people get spooked a lot. Um, 
you know, from my partners out of town, I love to watch uh, like horror movies and true crime all by myself. And I swear to God, and me of all people, and I am totally fine with the spirits. I'm like, oh, I hear something. What's that? Because I'm spooking myself out, um, but I enjoy it. I kind of do it on purpose because I enjoy it. And I think people, I think people just, that's where their head goes, you know. However, it's interesting. There's something called a psychic echo or psychic reverberation or whatever. Um, You know, you hear the stories, especially on the ghost shows about, oh, every every night at midnight I see a lady fall down the stairs every night Mm. she falls down the stairs and it's so tragic that's not a ghost or a spirit thing that's a psychic echo what is a psychic echo it's kind of like when there's an event a trauma of feeling that's so strong it puts an energy out into the um physical plane and it's like a tape recorder it plays over and over and and over how do you know the difference if you can see it talk to it if it doesn't answer you or or just keeps on falling down that stair it's probably not a real spirit it's probably just a psychic echo however it's it's very disconcerting it's not fun it's not pretty so you can clear it out uh, very simply um, you know, I'm not trying to promote the book a lot, but I do give clear instructions on my book. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Can you give us like a simple answer of how to clear them up? It goes back to energy. And so, um, there are several, several ways to clean and then and Native American tradition, you can to like sage and a smudge and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also do, strangely enough, prayer. Um, a lot of people uh, downplay prayer, and I'm not Christian per se, but I believe even the power of faith. And when you believe something to be true, you're adding an energy into the physical plane so that energy that light that brightness can cleanse also you can visualize a white light like one of the easiest things is imagine a sphere and know that that's here comes from a very powerful healing place of the um universe and just see this Fear growing and growing and growing, um, but it's healing, it's cleansing, it's very powerful, it's beautiful. And as it, it grows, it, it pushes all the, the negative energy outside the home. So that's a very simple way to do it. I like to do that and a smudge mm-hmm. together just to be extra sure, and, and that should clean it right up. I was going to ask, does using sage really work? Absolutely, 100%. It's interesting because it's to cleanse, right? And we use it in a lot of our um, Lakota ceremonies, and we like, you know, we fan the smoke over us. So some scientists decide, hey, we're going to check this out. And they had to 
they found out that sage smoke kills bacteria, viruses, germs. So the smoke in itself physically Hmm. is very cleansing. Spiritually, it cleanses uh, your aura, cleanses your home. Um, You should try it because like a, uh, take some sage, fan it around your house, leave for five minutes, come back and the house should feel like lighter. Um, It should feel like kind of tingly. It should feel like, oh, the feeling in the house is a lot happier, brighter, better. And that's without the uh, visualization. If you add the visualization of the sphere, it's even um, more powerful. All right. In the beginning, I mentioned that you are an ordained minister in a pagan church. Yeah. What do you preach and what do you study in the pagan church? So paganism and all paganism means is that we believe in many, many different forms, ideas and aspects of deity. Um, You know, some people believe in the Greek or Egyptian gods. Some people just believe, I'm not sure what's out there. I just know that there's there's several incarnations of God. And paganism, like for myself, I do believe in Jesus. I do believe in the Buddha. I believe in, in Mohammed, but I also believe in, in, in Zeus and Aphrodite and everybody else. And we don't really preach, preach per se, um, you know, we don't stand up front uh, and say, do this, pray like this, do this. We don't do that. We um, we like to talk about the cycles of the earth because in paganism, we're very earth oriented. So we like to like to recycle, take care of the, the earth because we believe the earth is a, a living goddess. We believe that in the, at the sky is a god. We believe that the sun is a... Um, has a spirit we believe that the stars have spirits all those things every tree every plant every flower every any every pool of water also has a spirit you know and so if we help people connect to whatever they believe that deity is and so in our tradition like we honor the cycles of the sun so for example spring you know if we'll have a ceremony for, uh, for springtime, summer, fall, Halloween. Um, yes, some, sometimes you celebrate Christmas, um, New Year's, um, winter, harvest, things like that. And we help people connect and find the correlations in their own life. So, for example, spring. Spring's a time of growing things. It's the time of warmth. It's the time of of transitioning especially here in chicago transitioning from the cold brutal snow to a little bit of warmth and ah this is awesome so how do we correlate that into someone's life well what do you want to grow in your own life what are your goals what are your ambitions or what do you need like i like to use example of a of a new job because it's easy um I need a new job. Okay, well, that's what you need to, to, grow, for it to grow. So let me help you 
take the first steps to plant that seed. Let me help you connect with that energy. And then we do a visualization of the growing of the job, uh, growing of fruit per se and things like that. And so that's what a typical a pagan ceremony might look like. Um, plus we honor ourselves, but not in a I'm so awesome kind of way, but in a how can I work on myself? How can I work on my shadow? How can I be a better human being? Help? How can I help heal others? You know, we talk about that too. Can you give us another example of some of the psychopomp work you have done? Yeah. Um, so one time there was a, a, a person who was shot and killed by, um, let's just say shot and uh, killed at a cross street uh, for close to an after hours um, for gay dance club. I felt this overwhelming need to check it out and talk to the spirit. So I went over there. And and, they, and the spirit was pissed off. They're like, I didn't deserve this. Someone shot me. I want justice. And so, and the, this was back in like 2003, 2004. And I was just kind of learning the psychopomp things. And so, like I was thinking, how do I do this? How do I help them find justice so that they, they, they can feel like it's time to move on. Now, I'm not a, a true crime psychic or anything like that. So I wasn't going to go to police and find their killer. I wasn't going to do that. I mean, that's awesome, but that's not how I do it. So what I did is, is, is that I performed a ceremony. I performed a ceremony and I called the spirits and gods I I connect with it and I said, hey, in order for the spirit, this human being to heal and to move on, they need the um, shooter to be caught. So a few weeks later, they did catch the guy. Nick out, did I have something to do with it? I like to think so, but maybe, maybe not, whatever. So I go... Um, back to the area where the person died and I contacted the spirit and I said, hey, this person has been brought to justice. They've been caught. It's 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 time to go. And so they're like, okay. So I opened up a door and I helped them go through. I actually called their ancestors too. I say, hey, call to your, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. And so they came and we go, uh, walked them through and then you shut the door and basically shut the portal. And, um, you know, that's just one of the ways. Uh, another time I was actually dating some one and, um, so then there was a spirit there and everybody knew that the spirit was here. And the person I was, I wasn't dating was very, like upset about it. It's like, I want this person to move on. So I'm, so I'm like, okay. So I contacted this, the spirit and I said, hey, listen, it's time to move on. I mean, I, I say it more eloquently than that, but, um, and the spirit goes, I really need to move on. 
but I can't because the person who lives here their grief over my own death is holding me here it's like it's is like they're paying their sorrow is like chaining them to the physical plane so I was like okay this is new so it wasn't the actual spirit who was choosing to remain it was a it was the the uh, grieving a live person who was holding them there subconsciously so i had to do the work with my friend the person i was uh, dating and said listen we've we got to work through your grief you've got to let this person go also it's very important to say that i'm just a catalyst Sometimes I actually need, uh, need a therapist, the living person. And sometimes it's it's okay to see a therapist to let someone go. It is. So they worked uh, through that. And I called the, uh, the spirit's ancestors, their family, say, hey, let's help them move on. And there was that. And that one, I wouldn't say shocked me per se, but I was surprised because I hadn't ever seen anything like that before. Like, I didn't even know that was uh, possible, you know. Um, but if you think about it, there are a lot of people who, who lose a child, a, a friend, a partner, whoever, and really they hold on to them so tight that it sends out a psychic in a psychic energy that traps them. Mm. And I also want to say, I don't want to blame those people. I mean, they're going through extreme grief. I mean, I can't blame them. But we do need to work through the grief so that that they can let the loved one go. You know, I think it's important. All right, Chris, you are the author of five books. Can you tell us the titles of them and where to find them? So the first um book is called Underworld Shamanism and Magic. The second one is a sequel, is called Deeper into the Underworld. And a lot of the psychic things I said are in in these two um books. Um and then the third is called The Upper World. That's about the uh, gods, about the angels, the planets, things like that. And then I've got the other world ecstatic witchcraft for the spirits of the land. And that talks about um, working with the fairy spirits, the dragon spirits, uh, plants, spirits. And then this uh, brand new book that just came out a few months ago is called The Guide of Spirits. And that's where we talk about the psycho pump. Uh, work all these you can find on amazon <laughs> amazon.com um leave a review we love reviews buy the book leave a review <laughs> do you have a website i do it's chrisallen.com c-h-r-i-s-a-l-l-a-u-n and i always have to spell my name because nobody will ever find it if i don't <laughs> If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you, are you open to that? And if so, how should they reach you? I am 100% open to that. Um, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. So all the social media I'm on. Um, 
my face uh, uh, book I use more for advertising and things. Uh, my Instagram, if you ever want fun photos of random things, Instagram's a fun thing. But I answer everything. Um, can, can I'm happy to chat um, anytime because I'm a talker, so I like to talk to people, so it's fine. Do we find you on Facebook and and Instagram and Twitter under your name, Chris Allen? Yep, it's all under my name. I don't have any pseudonyms or or like fake names or whatever. I'm like just I'm just me, so Chris Allen. Do you have anything else you're working on that you want us to know about? I'm about to release a hardcover uh, double volume set of my very first two books, Underworld and uh, Deep Into the Underworld. 442 pages, all free edited, updated. I added a few things here and there to to make it a little more 2022. Um, and and that double set hardcover into the edition will can, can be out April 21st. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I would just say find healing however you can for yourself and for other people. And if that's a, um, you can, you can become a, a, a psychopomp, that's great. If it's energy and healing, that's great. Or if it's just being a good friend, I think that's fine too, because we all need those good vibes. There's so much hate out there and war and all this stuff. I think if every person at least tries to be a good a person and he can be open to other people, other cultures. I think I think it'll help humanity a lot. Well, Chris, thank you for that message, and thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you. you, and I wish you the best. Thank you. You too. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.